To what do we devote the best of ourselves? And that, think about it for a moment. I mean, maybe it's sports, our entertainment. Um, maybe it's our career and upward mobility. Maybe it's our, our spouse and finding joy in our marriage. Maybe it's our children and their well-being. I will clearly say that enjoying and aspiring after those things is by no means bad. In fact, they are all good things. But a question that I think we need to ask ourselves is to what we should devote the very best of ourselves to. Because where we set our chief devotion will reveal what we worship in this life. Do we worship sports? Do we worship entertainment? Do we worship our spouses? Do we worship our career? Do we worship our children? That's not where we're supposed to set our worship. In fact, King David provides a paradigm, if you will, as to worship. He doesn't define it, but he reminds us that we should worship God with all that we have. And so church, we should worship God through the giving of our finances. In 1 Chronicles 29 verses 3 and 5, King David asked the people to give based on his example. And he gave over and above toward completing the temple because, well, the text says his affection was set primarily on God. What we give and how we give from the earnings that we have reflect where our affections are set. Matthew 6, verse 21, Jesus will say, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Someone who modeled the spirit of King David and the teaching of Christ was a man named R.G. Letourneau. Maybe you have heard of that name. He was a famous, wealthy Christian engineer. He ultimately came to, to own over 300 patents in his name. That's substantial. There is a university named after him, Letourneau University in Longview, Texas. And R.G. Letourneau, after he became a Christian, determined that you know, he was going to try to outgive God. And he had begun by giving 10% of his earnings, but by the end of his life, reportedly, Letourneau was giving 90%. Put that sink in for a moment, 90% of his income to Christian causes. All the while, Letourneau kept earning more and more money. This is what Letourneau said, I shovel it out and God shovels it back. You see, God has a bigger shovel. Listen again to David's words in First Chronicles um, 29, well, actually, I really just want to say verses 7 and 8. What we see is, is that he says that um, the people gave 
but it doesn't say exactly how much they gave. It was just that God moved in them to have a spirit of giving. And can't we identify with the special joy that comes through that? Verse 9 reports the people rejoiced. In fact, a, a number of scripture passages suggest to us the blessing and delight that accompanies those who give to God's cause, to those who give to God's people. One such passage is Proverbs 11, verse 25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Another passage is Acts 20, verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The blessing from giving runs throughout the Old and the New Testament. I've shared with you before about how our son Whitman was in the NICU after he was born for nearly a month. And then later how my wife was in the hospital on bed rest for nearly two months trying not to give birth to Chamblin. And further about the cost associated with international adoption. It's, it's not cheap. And then the expenses that you incur even after the adoption is completed. The earnings of a Christian school teacher, the earnings of a pastor, typically are not such to meet those financial needs on one's own. But a number of loving Christian families have blessed us over the years through their generosity. And then whenever I have reached out to them to express gratitude, most of them said, just keep it to yourself. See, they had chosen to bless us, but it was a blessing also to them. Who can relate to our experience on one side of the coin or the other? Our hearts ought to rejoice because as a community of believers, in the words of verses 6 and 9, they offered willingly. I want you to keep those terms in your head for, for a moment longer. Offer willingly. Why do we choose to give to God from our resources? Why do we choose to bless others at various and sundry times of their lives? I think the answer to those questions rests in our understanding that everything we have, according to James 1 and verse 17, is a gift from above. And so David says in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 11 to 13, Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Did you catch it? 
what James said, what David here says, is that whatever blessings we have, they come from God. And so should we not come together into God's house with hearts overflowing with gratitude, overflowing with praise? In Psalm 35, verse 10, King David says, My whole being will exclaim, Who is like you, O God? David worships the Lord in his whole being. And it reminds me of a modern-day psalm written by Hillsong. This is my desire to honor you Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. You see, church, yes, we should give from our abundance back unto God our finances. But most importantly, we should give God our lives. But A.W. Tozer asked, what has happened to such worship? Have we somehow missed the genuine and sacred offering of ourselves? If our lives are not a genuine and sacred offering of ourselves to God's glory. Isaiah proclaims in Isaiah 29, verse 13, that we are merely praising with our lips while our hearts remain far from the Lord. The true expression of our praise will always, always translate into what Paul wrote in Romans 12, verse 1, that we read earlier, that we would present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What do we give to God? The best of ourselves. All that is within me, I give you praise. So what does it mean to worship God with our lives? That's a big lofty question, so we're going to be here a while. No, that's, but I think Jesus simplifies it for us, doesn't he? What does it mean to worship God with our lives? To love the Lord and to love his people. Love God, love others. And we have no greater model than that than in the Son of God. The author of Hebrews writes in chapter 10, verses 5 through 7, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me, a life 
With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. And the Apostle Paul proclaims in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. Pastor Tony Evans remembers when the American hostages returned home from Iran in January of 1981. He says he recalls that the first thing that they did getting off the plane was to kiss the ground. No matter what star, no matter what achievement they had earned in the armed services before now, when they hit the ground from Iran, they bowed down, home sweet home. And putting their clean lips on that dirty tarp, they kissed it. They knew where they had been, and they knew where they were now. And then Pastor Evans concludes, you know why folks stop bowing? It's because they forget where they come from. Church, do not forget where we come from. We were once hostages to Satan, to the clutches of death and the grave, but Christ gave all that he had for us. I ask you to keep in your minds the words offered willingly. Church, Jesus Christ offered himself willingly for us. He gave all that he had. Will we give all that we have back unto him? That's the very gift that this table, the Lord's table, provides a visual picture of. It is the very gift of which the Lord's Supper should remind us. That Christ gave it all. And so he took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. And so he lifted up the cup he said, this is my blood and the new covenant shed for you. If our hearts know what Jesus gave, are we not prone to say, here I am, Lord. Take me. Use me. I give all that I am for you. The Lord's table, I pray it reminds us of the gift of our Lord and Savior. And in coming and taking of the elements, we are then saying,
Lord, you gave everything for me. I receive it. And I return it to you. Today, I would invite those of you who have said, I have devoted my life, I've given my heart to Christ to come and partake of the elements. But if you have not yet done that, the table is not for you. The table is actually a visual picture of the gospel. It should call you to repentance, knowing what Jesus Christ surrendered for your behalf. And so if your life belongs to Christ, I'm gonna invite you to come. But if you have not yet given your heart to Jesus, may this time serve as a call to repentance and to surrender that you would say, yes, Jesus, I understand you gave everything for me. I surrender to you. As we come, I'm going to ask that you come out the road this direction and come down and take one of the, the cups and the wafers. And when you get back to your seat, just wait and then we will partake together. And so come out towards the middle down and then around the backside of the aisle. And I believe we could actually do that um, simultaneously on both sides. Let us um, come now to the Lord's table first with a word of prayer, and then I invite you to come. Christ, that you gave it all and you offered it willingly. We come now to partake of your gift and be reminded of all that you gave. You gave it all and now we give it back to you. Make it so, Lord Christ, I pray, Spirit of God, move in the midst of this place so that our Lord and Savior is glorified. In his name we pray. Amen.
on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and having broke it, said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat. Likewise, he took the cup, and having prayed and lifted it, he said, this is my blood shed for you in the new covenant. Take, drink. It was after partaking of the Lord's Supper that the disciples then sang a hymn as they were leaving. And so before um, we pray the benediction over our family, um, let us stand together and sing um, yet again. Give thee back the life we owe. Let us receive his blessing. Jesus, for your gift, we rejoice and we give you praise. We give you back the life we owe. Go in peace.